Hey everybody, welcome back to the Half Hour Power. I am Joe. Jesse is here. This is me. Hey Jesse, did you have a good week? I had a great week. We've uh, been watching a lot of horror movies and a lot of uh, underrated fare that no one uh, knows about and uh, in preparation for some shows, so I'm having a good time. All right, it's a good week. Run up to uh, Halloween is a good week. Mm-hmm. Always. All right, so we're going to do uh, a movie uh, I don't really think either one of us thought we'd ever do. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to do the... Archall Jr. movie, The Sadist. Yes. Although, I, it, it's James Landis is the actual filmmaker. Uh, it's just got Archall Jr. in it. <laughs> yeah, Archall yeah. Jr. is in it. Yeah. Um, but the only reason I know about it is because of uh, Ega. Ega. From uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000, uh, Archall Jr. was in that. and uh, His father made it. His, yeah, father the only, his father directed Ego, right? Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, the other thing was I would see this movie written about, and I would mm -hmm. just kind of blow it off because I saw Ego and he was in it, and I really didn't expect much. Uh, how about you? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, uh, if you watch Ego and um, read about some of the other movies that R. Charles Sr. made, which he wasn't a prolific filmmaker uh, or producer, um, most of his films are direct. Uh, he had his own production company called Fairway International, which sounds like a uh, manufacturer of golf equipment. So, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. but yeah, so, uh, but most of his movies were pretty, and most of his movies he worked with this uh, young man, James Landis, the director, and um, he had something to do with the film The Incredibly Mixed Up Zombies, who stopped living uh, uh whatever that's called that really long the incredibly mixed up zombies who stopped living and became the it came dead or something like that <laughs> yeah the steckler movie uh which he yeah. also uh, had a hand in on that so that just shows you the kind of output he was putting so when you see a, another movie by him called the sadist what are you gonna what, what are you meant to think <laughs> exactly um the other thing about the sadist was I would see the 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 picture most the most picture they would show uh, the poster here is quite different from this uh, picture I'd see and it's quite a nice poster really I yeah. think um, is uh, Archall Jr's uh making some kind of a distorted Thanks. crazy face. Yeah. It's like okay, I don't really want to watch that, but yeah, I've seen Ega, that's fun to watch with MST. Mhm. Mm but uh, we've been, uh, this past week, we've been alternating who picks the movie to watch, and then we kind of decide if we want to do a show on it. And yeah. I picked it. I picked it. Popped up there uh, on the streaming service we're looking at. Decided to watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so did you already say you didn't expect anything from it at all? I didn't expect anything out. Like I said, from the guy who made Ega, and you go in expecting – I mean, not the guy who made Ega, but the guy who produced Ega, and it's got the star of Ega. Uh, so I didn't expect anything at all. Yeah, I, I didn't expect anything from it either, but I was really uh, pleasantly surprised with yeah. how good this movie really turned out to be. So since we're going down that road right now, um, it is on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, this mm -hmm. movie uh, did come out in 1963, so sometimes... 
Right. For what reason the older movies don't they don't like to put them there or people don't review them. Uh, this mm-hmm. doesn't have a lot of reviews, but right by comparison. But uh, what do you think the critic? Okay, so Rotten Tomato says there's no critic consensus. There are five critic right. uh, reviews. So what do you think the critic reviews give it? I, I, I think that if uh, they're being honest, they should be good. They should be, uh, I'd say, in the uh, top echelon of uh, reviews. Uh, so like to, somewhere between 80 to 90, I would think. All right, so the... Uh, critic score is 100%. So all five people, critics, that reviewed this loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So the audience score, there are 1,206 reviews on here as of uh, this recording. Mm-hmm. What do you think the audience gave it? Well, audience scores are usually um, lower. Um, I'd say somewhere between 50 to 60%. Yeah, that's a good guess. This is right there, sixty-eight percent. Well, let me. I I, I would go higher. I, I mean, I I I'd be in the nineties to the to the hundreds uh, if I was putting a uh, honest review up, up for the movie. Because um, I gotta say, I I was amazed by how damn good it was. Yeah. So, uh, do you think the that you liked it so much because you didn't expect anything from it, or is it actually a good movie? It's actually a good movie. I, I, it was more than what I expected, which is very, very true. But it was also um, just an excellent put. It was very well put together. Very well put together picture. Yeah, I agree. The cinematography on this is awesome. Yes, sir. I mean, it is a, a gorgeous, gorgeous movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is black and white, so. For some reason, sometimes that throws people off. Not yeah. us, but I think it works better in black and white. <laughs> I think so too. I mean, if black and white throws you off, then yeah, I, I'm sorry about you. You need some kind of help or something. Yeah. But, uh, um, um, it's beautiful. Yeah, in I, black I, and white. So this was shot by a a pretty uh, <laughs> yeah well known pretty uh, well known cinematographer. Who's that? Uh. Well, I, I, I'm sorry if I mispronounced the name, but it's Blomos Zygsimund. But yeah. he was uh, he went under the pseudonym of William Zygsimund <laughs> for this movie. Yeah. yeah, so he has shot. If anybody you know is wondering his uh, his credentials? Oh my gosh, yes, his credentials are amazing. Close Encounters of the Third Kind, The Long Goodbye, Deliverance. The Deer. Yeah, uh, he did Deliverance too. Deliverance, yeah. Um, I mean, he has a couple of Oscars at home, so I mean, <laughs> I mean, these are all movies we've all heard of and seen a lot of. Mm-hmm. A lot of, I mean, Sugarland Express. <laughs> yeah. Well, Heaven's Gate. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, I mean, that makes sense. Maverick, the Crossing Guard. I mean, all a ghost in the darkness. Yes. I mean, yeah, lots and lots of stuff. Mm-hmm. And he actually shot more than one film for uh, Fairway Internationals. Uh, he shot a movie called Winchester, or not Winchester, Deadwood 73 or something like that, I believe. 
Yeah, Deadwood 76. 76. He shot that. He shot another couple of films for James Landis. Uh, one's called uh, Child Wipe or something. Or um, Oh, my Lord. My memory is going. I'm getting so old. Uh, Jenny Wife Child. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe he also shot a movie called Stakeout. Uh, which, that one sounds pretty good, too. I wouldn't mind giving that a watch in the uh, Nasty Rabbit. <laughs> so... <laughs> Zick Simmons got his start shooting the, the films for uh, James Landis and uh, Arch Hall Sr. He did not shoot Ega. He did not shoot Ega, though. Yeah, he did not shoot Ega. Which, uh, it's good on him. <laughs> well, if he did shoot Ega, you might have a, a better looking movie. Yeah, uh, I, I, I think so, yes. Because uh, Ega was not shot very well. Uh, but. No. It is what it is. From what yeah. I, we, you know, like every time we watch one of these movies that we love, and I, I will say I love this movie. I, I, I think you would agree, correct? Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is a really good movie. Uh, I, you know, we get we get in there and we start doing our researches. Um, and, you know, our Charles Sr., uh, he, he didn't make too many films. He didn't produce too many. I think he had six or seven at most. Uh, but he was mostly a drive-in guy. He, you know, most of his movies went to the south uh, – uh, drive-in market, um, but uh, it seems like more than anything else, and I don't know if this is true or not, I think he was just making movies to make his son a star. Oh, uh, Archal Sr.? Yeah, yeah Archal Sr. trying to make Archal Jr. into a star. That's just a feeling that, you know, if you look at the filmography and the fact that after his dad stopped making movies, Archal Jr. stopped making movies. He went and he started being an uh, airline pilot. Am I correct on that? Yes, he did. So he flew for Flying Tiger Airlines. <laughs> that, that, that's a perfect airline for Arch Hall Jr., I would say. Uh, we also wrote a novel, so yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, and most of these other movies that Arch Hall Jr. is and that his father made, like I said, just to seem to make him into a star, uh, they're dreck. They're really bad. Arch Hall Jr. is not bad in them. He's just. You know, he's not, he does nothing amazing in these movies. But in The Sadist, I got to say, he blows it out of the water. He is fantastic in this movie. Yeah, he's really good in it. And he uh, based his performance mm-hmm. off of, of, let me find, there it is. He based his performance of the uh, killer off of the character, uh, Richard Widmark's character in Kiss of Death. Oh, yeah. Uh, that would be Nick- so. That would be Nicholas Cage's character in the remake. <laughs> yeah. So if you uh, if you're watching the Sadist and you're a little put off, watch the Kiss of Death and be like, oh, and it all just makes more sense. Yeah. Uh, but uh, this is based on. I mean, the Sadist is actually based on a, a true story, right? It's yeah. It's inspired. I guess you would use the word the word inspired because it's not you know it doesn't follow the exact. Yeah. It's it's. It's not straight up biographical or nothing. It's just inspired by, based on this event. Right. Events. Uh, and that is Charles Starkweather, mm-hmm. which he was in a, he was a spree killer who murdered 11 people in Nebraska and Wyoming between December of 1957 and January of 1958 yeah. when he was 19. Um, there's another movie that we kind of discussed this mm-hmm. uh, war, uh, more well-known movie based on 
that also. Uh, I've never seen it all the way through, but you've seen it all the way through? I've seen it all the way through. It's been a while since I've watched it, but I have seen it. It is Badlands mm-hmm. by yeah, Terrence Malick, who I can't, I can't say I've seen a movie that Terrence Malick has made that I've liked. Um, you know, this is supposed to be I would say this is one that's probably the closest film of his to a subject matter that I enjoy, you know, I enjoy seeing movies made about, uh, but it's so boring. It's so boring. Uh, so his version is boring? Yeah, it, I think, I'm going to be honest with you, I think all his movies are boring. Yeah, because, I mean, I did watch, of course, you know, he's known for the Thin Red Line, and I read about that when that was coming out that everybody was like bending over backwards to get in that movie. And I'm like, okay, when I finally watch that movie, I don't really get this movie at all. It's just, it just, Mm -hmm. it meanders. It does nothing. So does the Badlands do the same thing? Because he took a long hiatus in between that movie. So Thin Red Line was 1998. And I believe if I got this right, the movie he did before that was uh, Days of of Mm -hmm. Heaven, 78. Right, 20 years. Let's so that's quite a long thing. But the only movie of his I'd heard about before was Badlands, and I never got to see the whole thing. Right. I'll probably watch the thing someday, just because that's what I do. Yeah. But, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, so there, there is another one out there that you know. Uh, there's also a, a third one that's fairly well known: the Natural Born Killers, which is also based on Starkweather. Mm-hmm. In some ways, it's okay. It's I, I don't <laughs> care for it. <laughs> How does that stack up to the sadist? Uh, well, I want to say this, and let's uh, you know, brew some controversy here. I think Badlands and Natural Born Killers are far worse than the sadist. I think the sadist is much better than both of them. All right. So you say controversy. Why is that controversial? Well, you. I mean, I think I know what you're. I think I know what you're getting at. But let's dig into it a little bit deeper. I I, I would think that if you if you're going by critical reviews and stuff like that, Badlands is probably going to be the more appreciated film. Uh, but I find it long. I find it meandering. They spend like 80% of the movie in a treehouse in the middle of the woods that they build because they're running from her, uh, from the law. Um, but natural born killers is just a mess. Nothing about that movie makes sense at all. Uh, what the original attempt of it was and what it became, it's a mess. It's a total mess. Uh, and the violence in it is, you know how they, uh, people complain about violence being uh, excessive? And, and Natural Born Killers, it's excessive because it doesn't have any kind of uh, overall effect on you as the audience. It's so staged that it, it's, you know, it kind of kills the effect it's supposed to have. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it does. Uh, so just out of curiosity, we're going to check this out real quick. Um, so The Sadist on Rotten Tomatoes, all of these movies are way before Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. So uh, we've already gone over the numbers for The Sadist, 100% critic, uh, 68% audience. Badlands, what do you think? Badlands, uh, critically, I'm going to say it's a little bit lower. I'm going to say it's in the uh... – I'd say 45 to 52%. 
All right, so it's at 98% with a total 58. Reviews. I am bad at this. <laughs> and so, uh, the audience score, we'll just jump ahead here to get things moving a little bit. 90% uh, out of 26,000 reviews. So Badlands? Badland. So, yeah. Uh, Natural Board Killers, that one is, uh, you know, it's got 40 critic reviews, so it's at 48%. Uh, we'll let you guess the audience score on that I, one. I'd say... Less than that, I'd say probably about 33%. 81%. Um, over 200,000 audience reviews. So, yeah, I <laughs> you know, I've said it once, I'll say it again. i my opinion and the what the general uh population's opinion, they usually don't match. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I, me too. Uh, so I mean, Badlands, okay. There you go. So, I mean, I, I was kind of wondering that myself when we're watching it. Like, well, how did I not ever watch this movie before? The cinematography is gorgeous. Yeah. It's, there's a lot of wonderful shots in it. Mm -hmm. I think it moves along really well for uh, how little characters are actually in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd say the, the only th real thing for me about it was it. I don't really drink any soda mm -hmm. pop, but it really made me want to have a soda yeah. pop. Yeah, well, yeah, Archibald Jr. drinks uh, soda pop like it's going out of style in that movie, him and uh, Judy. Uh, yeah, so uh, he, uh, in the movie, he's named Charlie Tibbs. Mm -hmm. And uh, Judy, who uh, acts, and it's it's odd, you watch the movie, She she's 18 in the movie. They make that known that she's 18, that character in that right. movie is 18. The real character she is based on was what, 14? Yeah, Carolyn Fugit was 14, uh, 14 years old. But, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, 14. That, you know. Yeah, so I think it's interesting. And, uh, I mean, Dario Gento did this with Suspiria, where you have this person who's way older acting really, really mm -hmm. young. I mean, he did it for different reasons. It's because they messed up his – he had to change his script a little bit, but he didn't want to do it. So he kind of did it. Right. But uh, <laughs> this one, it says they did that made her 18 to avoid, you know, to mm -hmm. not run into censors. I mean, there's nothing in the movie. Like they don't, they, the only thing they do is kiss. There's no, re, there's nothing. Yeah. Well, there's that scene where she starts dancing. Like that. There's that scene where she's dancing, but she is all lifting her skirt up uh, above her knee, but you don't, there's no, she does else. a twirl. I mean, you and that twirl, when she does a twirl, you can see her uh, underwear. Oh, well, you could. I yeah, well, you know, I was paying more attention because that's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, it's it's got very few characters. It takes place in one location. Mm -hmm. It's uh, I'm not sure what the budget was on it, but it's uh, what very economical, uh, economical. Uh, I, I, I read I heard I, I should say heard it was like 16 grand it was around 16 grand. Oh, wow. So here we got on Wikipedia. Sometimes they have the budget. They've got some budget of 70000 Now, I don't know if they're trying to adjust that for inflation or not, but I really doubt that that's correct. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I was listening to a video where they were talking about the movie, and he said sixteen grand. Uh, now, that sixteen grand, of course, doesn't include yeah. all the uh, advertising and things like that. So, uh, yeah. But that's just what I heard. Um, so this this movie starts out following a group of school teachers traveling to – they're going to Los Angeles, right, to watch – The Dodgers. Yeah, so they were going to Los Angeles to a uh, baseball mm -hmm. game. 
one of the, the teachers was a Cincinnati Reds fan, so I want to go see the Cincinnati right, Reds. Right, because he was in Cincinnati. And he hadn't been able to do that for mm-hmm. a while, so they what happened? Their fuel pump. They needed to replace their fuel pump, and one of the teachers, I don't know, I guess he taught auto mechanics or something. I forgot. Well, what this he is taught. also a day and age where more men knew how to do that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Well, the other guy, well, the sadist needed guy. a call. <laughs> uh, which Paul is the older guy who wanted to go see the baseball game, but uh, you know, I'm just saying that in general. No, that that is, and that this was, you know, the carburetors and all of that mm-hmm. fun stuff. Uh, so, um, but yeah, they they pull over into a gas station that's abandoned, and it's pretty. I really like the way they do it. I like the way they build. The tension it up. is amazing. It's built so well. There's a bit of mystery. The tension there. Uh, you get to you've. They, you finally figure out what's happening. They figure characters figure mm-hmm. out what's what's happening. Something's not right. Yeah. They take the pop. Hello. Take the yeah. soda pop and drink some soda pop. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, it's I thought I found it interesting to see. Well, how are they going to get out of this? Because mm-hmm. it was interesting. I found that uh, the uh, one of the characters was trying to figure out how many bullets he might have in his gun so they could rush him and disarm yeah. him and do whatever. Uh, now, before that, he's playing this sadistic game with the old guy that wants to watch the Reds play. You want to describe that? Uh, I mean, oh, my Lord. The, uh, that scene is uh, pretty cool. Uh, not cool, but I mean, it's, the way it's done, it's, it's got a lot of tension built up. He basically tells the old man he's going to shoot him after he finishes his pop. He's drinking the soda. He's going to drink the soda. When he's done, he's going to shoot this old man. And he tells that old man he better stop talking because when he's done, he won't be able to talk no more. And uh, wow, they they ratchet the tension up really, really well in that that scene. And Bill Bill Simmons shoots the living hell out of it. Uh, and the violence in this scene, because you know uh, the way it ends and the way it's shot was so much more brutal and so much more affecting than anything in that Badlands movie and that Natural Born Killers. And there's no blood. You don't see anything. Uh, but the way it's shot... Yeah, there's not really anything. That's right. The way it's shot is just like, oh my god. It hits you hard, you know? Um, yeah, like, oh, I mean, and I thought it was really nice. I mean, you didn't... You knew he had kids. You knew they were older kids. And you knew his. he really wanted to yeah. see the Reds. And it was kind of a simple story, but you kind of feel... I mean, I kind of felt bad for the guy. He just yeah. wanted to watch the Reds and- play. And beat the crap out of the, 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 uh, the other thing that made it seem so powerful is that uh, Charlie, our, our told junior, he, uh, he makes him give him his wallet. And when he gives him his wallet, he just starts yeah. tearing up the, his pictures in front of him. And it's like... And the old yes, man, and his and tickets. And his tickets, yeah. And the old man should have known he was dead right there because he was kind of just like ripping up his life right in front of him, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was. But again, it's an amazing, <laughs> it's an amazing movie. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I thought the cat and mouse between the them was nice. The two other teachers are trying to figure out, like, oh, they're going to kill us yeah. anyway. He obviously needs that teacher to fix the car because he can't fix it because they don't have another right. car that'll run. So, but the fun part is, and I don't think they say this straight up, that. Uh, Tibbs is a little bit, he catches on a little bit more than they think he does. Yeah, he's not dumb. Uh, 
And then I think that they wanted the audience to think yeah. he does. I mean, it, you could tell he's not book smart, but he could tell he's uh, he's like street smart. You know what I mean? He has that intellect uh, yeah. of all that. Um, the other weird thing about the movie, and I don't know if you remember if you can remember or not, did Judy have any dialogue? His girlfriend. I don't think she really had any dialogue. Her, she spent her dialogue was she would whisper in yeah. his ear and give him ideas for little games. Right, and she play. does, but she does these things in the background, just just do things like her bag of goodies. Says so yes. much about her character and how childlike. I mean, her and Charlie, her and our Charlie Jr. are both childlike. They're both yes. highly immature because they are also highly sociopathic. So they don't give a crap about other human beings. Uh, but it's, it's yep. just so uh, just so amazing. Uh, but the lady who played that role, uh, Marilyn Manning, she worked <laughs> for R. Charles Sr. as a secretary. But wasn't she also any guy? Yes, but she was also – she was still his secretary. She worked with him as his secretary. Uh, and Helen yes. Hovey, who plays the main lead character, uh, Doris, who I thought was amazing, who I thought did, yes. uh, knocked it right out of the park, never acted again. This is her only movie. Wow. And Did she say, I'm done? I well, can't she do was also our tall senior's cousin. Which, ah, okay. uh, again, look, and uh, Bill Mose, Big Simmons, uh, Simmons said that he liked Archall Jr. He thought Archall Jr. was a nice guy, but he said he didn't think his heart was in acting. That he didn't really care about any of that because, you know, again, that might be something that his dad forced him into. But that makes, I think that makes his performance all the more amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, now you mentioned something mm -hmm. about the opening a little bit. What was that? Oh, well, yeah. I, uh, before the movie begins, there's a scene where, and I think I have a quote here. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Uh, this is the opening narration quote. Uh, the words of a sadist, one of the most destructive elements in human society, to have quick mastery over another, to make him a helpless object, to humiliate him, to enslave, to inflict moral insanity upon the innocent. This is his objective, and it's twisted pleasure. And that's at the beginning of the movie. Before the credits even start, it just has it's a close up of uh, Archibald Jr.'s eyes, and that's over it. Yeah. And I, thought, I didn't think it was necessary. I, I told you, I said, I think this movie would be perfect without that. You, would, you don't need it. It's like the narration in Blade Runner. You don't need it. But. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I agree, but I think that for the, for the time, they, they like well, doing stuff like that. Right. They did that a lot. And. I don't. I, I think it's neat to have that kind of because they could cut that out. They could, you know they could restore do whatever and cut that thing out. Nobody would miss it. But I just think that little touch is yeah. neat and just kind of a a callback to that right. type of that time in in movies because they don't do anything well, like that anymore. I mean, ever. sometimes I feel like it's like they don't think the audience will understand who that character is, but. It might be. I think it had a little bit to do with that and some to do with sensationalism mm -hmm. because the title, The Statist, really does make it sound like a 
trashy B yes. picture. I mean, it's not. It's it's not. I mean, it's it's a B picture, I, I suppose. But but it's it's not that. It it rises yeah. above it. No no no. It, it totally right raises rises above its uh, you know, its production values. Uh, and that's done through the director, the writing, everything. Uh, I think you, we, one of the things that I mean, I mean, I know we made a joke, but one of the things that we said was, I wonder how many Rob, how many times Rob Zombie watched this movie. And we yeah. haven't found out yet, but I'm sure because it seems like most of his career has been, <laughs> yeah, was inspired by this movie. Yeah, the sadist or the text. It's over, uh, over and over again. But here's a funny, a funny fact for you. You know how the other on our last show we did the also known as game, where the movie is also known as something else. This movie is also known yeah. as something else. It's uh, the, in 1971. This movie was re-released, trying to make some money off of it. Uh, but of course, no one cared. But they changed the title from the status to Sweet Baby Charlie. Yes, in 1971, what? this movie was re-released. Uh, and they changed the title because they thought maybe the, it was the title that was doing uh, everything. But uh, they changed the movie. Yeah. It's profiling. Sweet Baby Sweet Charlie. Baby Charlie. Also, when they showed it on TV, it had a different title, and the different title on TV was Profile of Terror. Mm-hmm. But I think the status is a perfect title. It is. It is, yeah. Um one of the other things uh, I thought was kind of fun was, uh, since we were talking about this in the Spooky Show, um, this movie was not released in the UK until uh, 1999. But why? I, I mean, don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it's because now we're watching it with uh, the eyes we have today, with all the other movies we've seen, and we're like, it's pretty intense and it builds up, but as far as on-screen yeah. gore, there isn't much. I mean, any to speak of. IMDb, they have the parents' guide where parents can go in there and see what's on, in the movie. And sex and nudity, none. Profanity, none. Alcohol, drugs, and smoking, none. Because they drink soda pop through the whole movie because they're like kids. Yeah. Yeah. And soda pop. Violence and gore, mild. Frightening and intense scenes, mild. It's like this is the the, the uh, movie itself doesn't glorify the violence or, you know, overdo the violence in any way. It's just subtle, but it's tension, and it's just good filmmaking that makes the movie yeah. so frightening. Yeah, and there's that one scene where, uh, what's the it's, old guy's name again? It's He's Cla- begging Carl. for his life. Carl is telling him, and, and uh, what I think makes this scene even better is, all the teachers figure out who he is and what he does, and they know he's a cold-blooded kid right. because they were hearing about it on the radio. So they know that, oh, this is probably the end of the line. Well, he's still trying to reason with him, and maybe he'll you know, he'll find that little piece of uh, humanity and empathy mm-hmm. in that guy. Yeah. I thought that was really cool, the, the way that was done. But no. uh, there isn't any. No, 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 no. No, I mean, it, it, again, in that opening – they uh, right after the narrator says his bit, Charlie or Charles Jr. says, uh, everybody always shooting me like crap when I was a kid, and now I'm gonna treat everybody else like crap. It's like, okay, so there's their kind of background on that. Again, it's not needed. Uh, because Judy, he, he tells yeah. him that Judy, she goes, his, her daddy, uh, 
She never knew her daddy and her mom was an alcoholic. So you know that's why Judy's messed up. He's not that far from that. So. Yep. So. Yeah, he's not. <laughs> it's only a matter of time before he uh, switches from so soda pop to So an interesting fact. I'm going to give you another interesting fact. But this one's about Carl. Our good friend Carl who gets shot in the face. Do you know he did mm-hmm. another job on this movie? He was the production manager of this movie. <laughs> oh. Very nice, yeah. I mean, that's what happens on low-budget movies. Again, like, yeah. he was good in it. He was a good actor. He was. He did a fine job. The, the, the mm-hmm. whole cast in this is good. Everybody. It's a, it's a, it's, it's not. If this movie were to end up on MST, I yeah. would be really shocked by that. And I don't, I don't think that's one of the reasons it's not, it has mm-hmm. not ended up on MST. Which I kind of thought it would when I didn't right, really know yeah. anything about it. After seeing Arch Hall, it's a Arch Hall Jr. movie. He's gonna that's gonna end up yeah. on MST. It never did, which is good. This this is a really solid movie. I, so, I mean, uh, final thoughts. Like I, I think that this is one of the best structured films. It almost I, I don't know if this is true or not, but it's something that I wouldn't mind uh, looking up. I think the movie almost seems like it's shot in real time. Oh, you think they shot? Not only in, in order, order, but like that every minute of the film is actually that they shot. You know, what I mean, like he, like uh, Johnny Depp's movie, Nick of Time, like it's an hour, ten minutes. Yeah, it, yeah. Does, it does play that way. It does play like because uh, from the time they get to the area and then the time they're uh, getting, uh, he's forced yeah. to fix the car. He's going to shoot him. Yeah, it's about an hour. And uh, he tells in, the, in the movie time, another fifteen minutes. And I think the. Movie actually, the running time is actually in an hour. <laughs> Which yeah, but it seems like that. It seems like that every minute that's spent is like, and, and that's and that's another thing that makes this movie amazing. I'm just so sad that James Landis didn't get a chance to make other kind of movies with a bigger budget because he seems to know what he's doing with a lower budget, and he, he made a great film. Oh yes, yeah, so absolutely. So yeah, it, it seems like uh, this movie got a bad shake somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of got buried somewhere. Um, it's on streaming, so find it on streaming and give this a watch. It, you will. This is a really solid movie you can mm-hmm. watch for Halloween. Um, you know, if you're looking for something for Halloween, um, or even after, it's a really, uh, really good, well put together movie. And uh, we'll be back. Yeah, we'll okay. be back tomorrow. The Halloween week. We try to do a show every day on Halloween week. So we'll be back tomorrow.